It's time for New Wine, hosted by Father Timothy Foy and produced by Cassock Media. Father Foy is the sort of homilist you'd love to have in your parish. With a mixture of logic, reason, and humor, Father Foy knows how to get the Catholic Church's teachings across to the common man in a way everybody can enjoy. Now here's Father Foy. Good morning, and it's great to have the scouts with us today. It's great to have all the confirmandi here. You know, on one level, I mean, I'm preaching all weekend on this topic, but salt and light, in a big way, that's what the scouts are about, trying to get out there and do things for the community. People recognize the scouts for having done those kinds of things for ages. And the confirmandi as well, to be confirmed in a little while, sent out truly to be light for the world. And so I'm just going to add that on the beginning. Just It's great to hear. You know, it makes a lot of sense. It's fitting that we have these readings. But I was in the car the other day, and I heard these DJs, and they were talking about salt. And uh, they were saying, you know, there's different kinds of salt. And they brought up, you know, like, what would it be like to put some road salt on your food? You know, and, and they kind of got distracted with something else. They came back, they just said, anybody had that in their mind as a good idea, it's a bad idea. Um, it's apparently at least slightly toxic. You know, it's not the same molecular structure as table salt. It's not good for you. So don't try it. But, um, you know, why does Christ call us table salt? If that's what he's talking about. One of the things about salt is it has a, an ability to bring out the flavors in your food. I mean, there's flavors already there, but the salt kind of accentuates it, brings it to, to the front of our taste buds. So much so that we just kind of keep eating salty foods. We love it. You know, and uh, so it's got that, and so as Christians, we should go out there, hopefully we kind of bring the, the sort of flavor out of the people that we're with. In a sense, I mean, like in the sense of the, the life, the natural life that they have, we enkindle it. We kind of help people see the goodness of that, the zip, the, the tang to life. But there's also uh, salt, and this is maybe more important in earlier ages, for preserving foods. We still do that with like with like uh, beef jerky and things like that. But we, we use salt to preserve foods, keeps from getting corrupt, kind of getting uh, gross, whatnot. And in a spiritual sense, we as Christians should go out there and kind of help keep our the people around us from from getting getting off the edge a little bit, kind of getting corrupted by their own self-interest. Hopefully we'll give an example of, of service at the on behalf of Christ, you know, and kind of preserving that love. It's also like look at the context of our gospel. So it's not very long, but it comes immediately after the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are really important. Um, they're a new thing. They're a new teaching. You know, the Ten Commandments, everybody had them already, especially in Jew- Jesus' audience. The Jewish people already had them. And we still have them as Christians. They're really important. And if you actually took the Ten Commandments, uh, the ideas of what is in them, and went to people all over the world, they would probably agree with most, if not all, of the Ten Commandments. Why? Because they're the natural law. They just reflect what's naturally already in your heart. You already want to not steal from people or not have people steal from you. It's kind of already a part of that. I mean, it's a good start. It's like, hey, first love God and don't kill each other. That's a really good beginning for society and whatnot. It's important. But the Ten Commandments, still they're kind of like a foundation. The Beatitudes. They're actually how we're going to become salt and light. Excuse me. <clears throat> They're like a ladder. They lift us above the earth. They kind of tell us, you know, if you feel like you're, <clears throat> excuse me, poor in spirit, you feel like you're just kind of down, <clears throat> you feel lowly, you feel uh, like you're hungering for, for righteousness, but it's not even going to be the world just doesn't seem to be able to give you 
You want mercy or you feel like you need to bestow mercy or you, you want to hang on to purity of heart and you want to make peace. Blessed are you. Those are actually that's the way to get to heaven. And the Ten Commandments kind of live like, you know, you know, you do your thing, I'll do mine. A lot of it's kind of like that. But the Beatitudes lift us above the context of this world into this idea of the supernatural light. You know, if your heart is broken, well, the Beatitudes would tell you if you recognize that as and let it be an openness to God, His light will come into your heart, His love, and hopefully it will go right back out to others. And that's how, that's how Christian society should develop. And the world needs it. You know, it needs all of us in a very significant way because it doesn't get that on its own. You know, many people are tired of being ignored. They're tired of being pushed aside. Uh, and there are these false answers. There's false loves. You know, the world says promiscuity, you know, without any consequences, that's, that's going to be enough for your happiness. It says that different things out there, different ways we can become addicted, different, you know, different addictions, those are, you know, maybe the best we can do. And, and it's just the family as a result of that is being broken down in a lot of ways. The thing is that the Ten Commandments, as good as they are, as important as they are, they're not enough. And if we try to enforce them, it really wouldn't work. And here's why. Because the Ten Commandments, they hinge on that love of God. And you can't enforce that. You can't make people love God. For them to actually be invigorated, they need prayer. And you can't force people to pray. You can't make anyone pray. And so enforcing the Ten Commandments, it just kind of falls flat. In fact, what it ends up doing is we bicker. You know, we, we get divided. Because everybody, they might not call it the Ten Commandments, but these rules, yeah, you know, live by the rules. Yeah, but you know, it's just not enough. On an earthly level, again, they're natural. They point to a natural kind of end, natural life. The greatest of all kind of ways, you could sum up the living the commandments in kind of like a cultural, political, whatever way, it'd be the pro-life movement. It's the best thing we have, you know, in society perhaps, um, but it's not enough. It will never unite people on a human level. It's just not enough. As good as it is, as essential as it is, it's not enough because it's trying to seek to protect, essentially, human life. Natural human life. And as long as society keeps telling us, and it will for the foreseeable future, that promiscuity is a natural good and a natural right, and as long as it tells us and it tries to inspire us to you know, sexuality without fertility is a natural good, those things are going to be at odds with natural life. They'll be continually fighting against each other. You're not going to be, we're not going to be able to find a solution on a merely human level to those problems. It's a spiritual problem. We need the Beatitudes. We need to basically understand, and I'll tell you what, I've been, I don't know, that's been kind of how I identified myself as a pro-life person since I was in grade school, and I've gotten into all these discussions so oftentimes without any charity. Without any love. I've basically, I've judged people, not just for the, the words that they say, but for who they are. I've, I've spoken ill of people. I've mocked people. In the name of Christ, I've crucified Christ. I've sinned and thinking myself righteous the whole time. Because the cause is not enough. If it's not inspired by the Holy Spirit with prayer, it will just divide us. <clears throat> Being pro-life is a beginning. But Jesus says this, he says, Do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. 
Being pro-life is a beginning, but we're called to be the salt that loves people, that forgives people, that lets them know there's more reason to live, that we don't condemn them, even if they've done, they've been involved, they've even had an abortion. We have to be not just pro-life, we have to be pro-supernatural life. You know, St. Paul tells us, again, if we try to just enforce the rules, the Ten Commandments, without love, without the Gospel, he says, if an angel from heaven has his contrary Gospel, let him be accursed. Because anyone who would stand for life must be a champion of love. Otherwise, it'll just end in division. It'll end in more of the culture of death. In our second reading, St. Paul says, I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my message and my proclamation were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but the demonstration of spirit and power. So your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Paul wants us to grow by the power of God. That's where he gives all the credit. That's the only way we're going to heal. It's the only way we're going to be a people. You know, it's kind of a test, like where do we ascribe our victory? Where do we ascribe anything good we ever do if it's not to the power of God? We're kind of missing the boat. You know, how does Paul want to communicate that to us? And this is where the good news is. Because if it was just for us to try to change the world, 8th graders, scouts, by some kind of political power or human power, you don't have it. You'll never have it. There'll never be enough. No one will ever give it to you and you can't take it. No, it's from God's power. And it's through Jesus Christ and Him crucified. It's through His crucifixion. Because Jesus Christ does no harm to anyone. He doesn't harm His enemies. He forgives us from the cross. He's forgiven me from the cross. He forgives you from the cross. He makes us His friends by showing us that there is more to desire in life than even life itself. And flowing through us, if we have Jesus' love, then we may be the salt that brings This has been New life. Wine with Father Timothy Foy. If you've enjoyed what Father had to say, please write a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And remember to tune in tomorrow for the next episode of New Wine.